when did you know you were good? Then Psycho or says when I became world champion. <laughs> As I was in the sprint and sprinting, my foot cut out my pedal and I threw out the handlebars and landed on my head. I feel I'm just grooving the life that I didn't have before my crash. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Getting Back Up with me, Anthony Ogogo. And today's episode, I talk to a Paralympic legend, a young man called George Peasgood. George Peasgood is a two-time Paralympian, being the youngest member of the GB Paralympic team for Rio 2016. And in Rio 2020, obviously competed in 2021 because of, of COVID, George Peasgood won two medals in two days in two different sports this man is an absolute beast george goes into detail about suffering a horrible accident at the, the hands of a lawnmower as a two-year-old that left his leg mangled in his own words and not just that he suffered another massive amount of adversity at the back end of 2022 when he was out on his bicycle training to defend his world championship in cycling george came off his bike landed on his head and almost died he literally is is a miracle man walking and talking he goes into detail about the the setbacks and the suffering and being in a coma for seven weeks this is a truly inspiring conversation with a wonderful wonderful man and listen to the end listen to what george tells me he's going to do powerful conversation you can listen to right now so without further ado sit back relax enjoy this one let's get stuck in I'm unbelievably honoured, privileged to have you on the podcast today, George. Thank you so, so, so much. You're more than welcome. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome, my man. So this is the Getting Back Up podcast, and I talk to people with, with inspiring stories, people that have done great things in both their life and or career, but only after suffering or amid suffering massive setback and adversity. And listen, you're somebody that knows a thing or two about setback and adversity. And I just want to, I just want to go there, mate, and, and talk about your life and times. And your story is, your story is unbelievable. And I want everyone to be inspired by that because when I came across your story, mate, goodness me, I, I'm going to get goosebumps in this podcast many times. Like I can feel it already. Um, so yeah, mate. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm going to ask you lots of questions today. Lots of questions, um, and you know, I don't know where this conversation is going to go. I've done a lot of research on you the last few days. As I mentioned, all the goosebumps I've had, the tingles <laughs> along the way. I've, I've, you know, I've, I've looked, I've looked in, in, into your life and in, in career so much, and it's, it's going to be special. I haven't really planned out where this conversation is going to go. You're a very charismatic young man. I know this is going to kind of, you know, I just want to be like be led by you and, and your story and see what happens. I will ask you lots of questions, but the most important question I'm going to ask you, and please answer honestly, how the bloody hell are you, mate? Um, not too bad, but I'm, I'm, I've been a lot worse, but I've been so much better. Like, I've been a hell of a lot better. I, like, if I was describing like, to a mate, I would be swearing so much right now. But yeah, yeah, I've been so much better, but I'm, I'm not as bad as I have been. Like two months ago. What is what's what's going on? How how come how come you're you know 
because when I've I've listened to you talk, I've heard your interviews, I've read your your, your stuff, and you seem so bubbly, and you seem so so positive all the time. And we're going to talk about this because I've heard you say a few things. I want to kind of deep dive into that. But what's going on? Like, you know, why are you not feeling that great at the moment? Is it about the accident? Is it about life in general? I mean, it's more about life in general at the moment. And it's like, I think I'm just grieving the lifestyle I did have before uh, my crash. Uh, because, like, my life was bloody fantastic. When I was, like, I got two meals at the Paralympics. I was two-time world champion on time trial and cycling. I was... Yeah, all ready to go, basically, and yeah, it's just, obviously, at the moment, at the moment, it just feels like nothing in comparison, like nowhere near, um, yeah, and a lot of stuff in my personal life as well. Goosebumps number one, <laughs> but my arms are tingling already, goosebumps number one here and there, because as I said, you are, so for those that don't know, George, he's good, like, who are you and why are we why are we talking today? Um good question. Why are we talking today? Um basically well not basically, I'm a Paralympic triathlete. Um I competed in Rio and Tokyo for triathlon. Um but also in Tokyo I qualified um for cycling, time trial and road race. So I did do two sports in Tokyo. Um in Rio I came I think it was seventh. Seven, seven. Yep. Also, um, you also you were there. And then, a lot of my guests do this, uh, George. Like I talk to people, and they throw away massive achievements. They just, oh yeah, I was, well, I was whatever. Like seven for the Olympic, uh, the Paralympic Games is a huge, huge, huge uh, achievement for anybody. But also, you were the youngest person. You were the youngest person on the Paralympic team in in Rio. So you know you were a baby, and you're still you're still placing at the Paralympic Games. So here at the Getting Back Up podcast, we don't throw away accolades. We build up accolades okay, because, you know, this is, these are moments in people's lives and, you know, they'll last a lifetime. So anyway, so uh, please continue. <laughs> um, sorry, um, I'm a Paralympian because when I was two and a half years old, I was run over by a ride on lawnmower. So my left leg and ankle was been mangled up, basically. Um, I had... They managed to save my left leg and ankle somehow. Um, and I had, I think it was close to 20 operations growing up. And the most significant or the most recent rather was a leg lengthening operation where they made my leg almost five centimeters longer. How old are you when Over, that happened? I had the operation when I was 13. And then, yeah, it's like a nine month period and they grew my leg longer. By 47 mil. But they made it too long, so it's no longer than my good leg. So, yeah, my bad leg is my longer leg, and my, not my leg, my, to show how much my leg was growing small, like less, not, not as much as my right leg, my left foot is a size 8, and my right foot, my normal foot, is a size 12, 12 and a half. Oh, goodness. And that so I, my foot was, my leg was going to be that much more. Goodness. Um, so it's not as bad as it could have been. Um, um, yeah, so I was saying, I was going to say I was doing triathlon and cycling purely because of my lower leg impairment. So there's two major, two, and I say major, 
major capital M A J O R R R R R with an exclamation mark at the end. Two major pieces of adversity you've gone through in your life. The the lawnmower accident as a as as a kid, young healthy lad. Though you know, I've read stories. Handsome, charismatic, charismatic. Um, you know, just jubilant, running around being doing our kid stuff, and you have a horrible, horrible, horrible life changing accident happen to you as a as as a pretty much a baby. And then last year, the the big one. Well, that's not to say the one when you were two and a half wasn't big. But then the big one. Um, we're going to dive into both uh, of those circumstances because, I mean, you know, it's just, it's so heart-wrenchingly cruel, the things that you've, you've been through. Um, but you, and, we get, and of course, we are going to focus also on the successes because you've lived a life that some people, that most people dream of, you know, representing your country, with the medals around the world, become a world champion. I mean, people don't get the chance to do that, you know? So don't get me wrong. This isn't a doom and gloom story. There's loads of happiness in this, in this podcast, in your story. Um, so you won this. We're going to come back to the successes, but let the, so the listeners, the watchers can understand the second piece of adversity you went through, the crash last, last October. Um, give us a rundown of what actually happened there. Um, so I was out cycling and training with my ex-girlfriend. I was training for the track cycling world championships. So I was doing a session and just at the end of the session, 120 meters from my parents' house, where I saw the World Club time to finish the session. Like I rode over in on hundreds of times on my bike. Um. My peak power of the ride didn't seem that high. It was 900 and something watts. I'm like, getting a thousand watts for me would be a piece of cake. So I think I just did another sprint just because I wanted to get over a thousand watts. And then my, as I was in the sprint and sprinting, my foot came out of my pedal and I flew over the handlebars and landed on my head. A bit too hard. Oof. So essentially you wanted to basically finish strong. Finish strong, get your peak power up. Uh, you saw the finish line with your parents' house, and a freak accident happened. Your foot came out of pedal, and you went over the handlebars, landed on your head. Basically, yeah. And then I was showing in a coma for 49 days. So, like, I was trying to do a thousand watts because I love run numbers, but I was in a coma for 49 days, not 50, 49. <laughs> so, that's even more frustrating. How cruel! How cool must the gods may be? And also the peak power. You wanted a thousand, you know, a thousand watts. Yeah. You got nine, nine something, right? So 961 where I was sprinting. But the peak power of the whole ride was 963 watts. So I was two watts higher, like on the whole ride than when I crashed. So I wasn't in the best sprint of the ride. So it was basically pointless. <laughs> this podcast is all about. And I don't know where you are on your journey, and we're gonna we're gonna dig dive deep into this and see where you are at the moment. Um, I like to talk to people that the worst thing to happen to them, like somehow turned out to be the best thing to happen to them. Now, at the minute, at the very beginning, you said you know things aren't great because you're remembering, you know, you're, you're comparing your life from where you are now and there. So maybe not quite there yet. Maybe we'll we'll do another one again these in in the future. Um. Why did this happen? Like this accident that you went through, and we're going to talk more about it because I know you just you skimmed it, and it's way, way, way deeper than that. 
do you think there's a reason why it happened? Um, possibly just because I'm so what's the word? It sounds bad saying it, but I'm so anal. Like I love randomness, and like to do a thousand words for me would be a piece of caper for waxing. So it's just because I wanted to get over a thousand words. Sorry, yeah, it's because I'm very particular, ticket like, and driven. Yeah, determined. Driven, yeah. Um, yeah, you could have slacked it off and 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 stuck with that. But then again, that having that you know that mindset that you have, wanting to get a, a thousand watts, that's the reason why you succeeded in your life and and have always succeeded. And that's the reason why you've won medals and competed for your country because you have that thing that most people don't yeah. have. But that's also the reason why the day before I left Hofstra, I awarded five k unaided round award, fifty laps because my physio and Hofstra told me one lap was a hundred meters. So I told him I was going to walk 50 laps for 5k before I left hostel. In Mevting, we all died there to me. Six hours and three minutes. And guess what? I was nowhere there to more than six hours. <laughs> as soon as I saw the room, I was like, for God's sake. <laughs> Turn like a bit sped walk for the last couple of laps. Okay, so you've got, you've, you, I mean, you've got to do medicine. Um, I'm obviously not a therapist. I've done this podcast now for a few months and I've talked to people. And the reason why I created this podcast towards it because I was a successful boxer and very similar to yourself, I I had very similar success, world champion, um, Olympic medalist. I've done a lot of my life and I, from one punch, my life changed. Now, very similar to you, but ultimately like one, uh, one incident, one punch, I've been punched tens of thousands of times in my life. One punch hit me in the eye as, as a freak punch and now I'm basically visibly basically blind in my left eye and I was forced to retire, then my life has gone down a different a different avenue than the life I thought I I should have or thought I deserved to have. So very similar to you actually, although listen, I'm not comparing my stuff to yours. I'm 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 not doing that. But ultimately you you were doing what you love to do, a random freak thing happened and now your life is very different. With the um with the accident I presume you don't remember anything what happened. Um, I, I read that you know they 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 sent a, a, a helicopter to take it to hospital, but the doctor said no because the brain injury that the pressure could have like made things made much yeah, worse. Yeah, I think is basically basically the pressure of the like attitude difference of the helicopter, and then also. Getting into the helicopter and getting out of the helicopter would have been like more unstable. So it would be a lot easier and similar to just driving my car. Because I was by the, by the time, like, because I crashed, thankfully, that's so field, but yeah, I think the field was quite muddy. They'd have to walk really carefully with me. And the pressure difference, and it wasn't worth like an extra couple of no minutes by that point. Like, going back home would, would only be a, probably a handful of seconds slower than going by helicopter. What's the first thing you remember waking up? You said you're in a coma for 49 days. Um, and the big thing that I've, I've read and that we wanna, I want to talk about is um, well documented that 90% of people that suffer what you suffered and go into that coma, they don't wake up. No, ninety percent they happen to him and, and, and they're gone. Most people wake up and uh, and if you if you're after the six weeks, you don't wake up. 
you woke up on on the seventh week. You 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 cheated death in many aspects. You were an anomaly again in your life. What what's the reason? I mean, like, what do you think that reason is? Why did you survive and 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 most don't? Do you think there's a reason? Have you thought about that? Do you you know think there's a reason, or are you just you you don't know or don't care essentially? I mean, basically, I'm not too sure, but. The reason one of the things when I think about it a bit too much is I think I was missed un oh no misdiagnosed from my crash. I don't think what really happened really happened. Or I think the doctors somehow well no yeah, I think the doctors misinterpreted my scam results. But they are what they are. What do you mean? Like in, in positively or negatively? In what respect do they mean? So I think they if they Basically, if I think about it too much, I'm, I just think about the Dodgers must have misunderstood my brain scans. I made made it like seem like a much worse brain accident or brain injury than it actually was. Because how the hell am I still here? How the hell am I doing so well? I mean, listen again. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a doctor or, or a therapist, but it's like. The scans are the scans, right? It's almost like you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. I mean, yeah, basically, yeah. I think, like, it's just because I'm so baffled by myself. I'm just saying, well, it can't be the way they're saying. So it must be, they must be wrong. But, like, the scans are the scans. Like, there's evidence, like, my brain was pretty hit hard, basically. Like, it's there on paper. And it's, you can see it. Like, the injury was the injury. Like, is it broken or not broken? It was broken. In terms of like a burner and the x-ray, like it's that clear to see. So was that damage? Was it was exactly what yeah. they said. You just have the superhuman strength and, and you're able to survive it. And it comes Somehow. through and, and oh, God knows. Oh. Yeah. Mentality, attitude, I think. I think people listen to this in the last fifteen minutes already, like that. I think they can hear like, the kind of person you are, how driven you are, how determined you are. Um have you always been that way? Um Yes, so growing up, um, Dodgers, well, I think they were saying I wouldn't be able to play after the leg length operation in 2009 when I was 13, 14. And they said I wouldn't be able to play rugby again when I was playing within nine months for school. So I was just like very driven to prove them wrong. So I was like, you say it's not possible, but I'm going to show you. I'm going to do it. And then, yeah, I was running 5Ks. I was, I'm not thinking I'll run a 10K, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, just like, I'm just trying to have fun. When someone says, like, says a limitation, and, like, the only reason I'll see that I, like, the answer to that limitation being myself, I'm just like, watch me. I'm going to do it. Watch me. Nice. Yeah. Watch me. I'll prove you wrong. I like that. I think you're right. I think nobody, nobody... No, even if it's like backed up with like medicine, like nobody has the ability to put a ceiling on somebody else's head. Nobody has the, nobody, and it's the ones that go, no, 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 okay, I thank you for your opinion, but I'm going to go do this instead. Watch me. Is I think every every winner, like everyone who's successful in life, has that thing about them where they say, no, no, okay, watch me, watch me do this. Just watch me do this, and you have that in spades, mate. Um, one of the reasons why. 
when I saw your story on Instagram randomly one day, I was scrolling through and I saw your story and I saw this beautiful video where you of you walking and you walk and you had I mean it was the first time you had to you obviously had to learn to walk again. To learn to walk like let's emphasize how bad this crash was. This crash kills nine out of ten well it's a miracle that you're here, basically. It's a miracle that you're here. Like you said, the scans are the scans, the you know, the 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 report to the reports and you overcome everyone's expectations. And I saw this video and where you walk in, then you are the video you walk in around hospital unaided, 50, 50 laps unaided. I mean you didn't do it less than six six hours, but you know, you, you yeah. tried your you tried your best. And it's just so powerful. And I'm watching the videos of you, you in hospital and you're lying there, obviously in your coma. And to seeing you now, mate, I mean, it's just, I mean, this we've spoken for 20 minutes. I didn't know you before this conversation, but unbelievably proud of you to, to get in where you are now. And it's only a year on. It's only a year, a year, what, 14, 15 months from the accident. And like, oh, it's just unbelievable. And also on top of that, yeah, let's talk about some good things, right? Because I want to, I do want to kind of like go. Your story is intermixed with amazing things, sad things, happy things, unbelievably unfair things, and we're going to kind of like go talk about it all. But yesterday, you had some amazing news. What was the good news yesterday? I did. Um, I had a driver assessment, um, and I am I've been given the all clear to drive again. Get in there, which I think obviously the accident you you you, you had seizures after, yeah. and you can take your license yeah. taken away. So basically, where you have a seizure, you can't drive. I think it's for a year from whenever your last seizure was, you can't drive. So I couldn't drive, I was relying on my friends, my family, taxis to get places. But now I have been given a little place to drive. When I was tired from boxing, uh, my last fight, I was 27 years old and I had no idea I was going to walk to the ring at 27 years old and that'd be my last, my last boxing match I've done in my, my entire life. And then when I, when I get asked to do podcasts or ask number one on my guest, people often ask me, like, what would you tell your younger self? And the thing I always say, and it's always the same, and I really wish I, I'd, I'd done this. I wish I'd have enjoyed the little wins along the way. And it's ones when, like, no, the, the the analogy I give is when you when you climb Everest. Uh, never done it, but I've heard I've, I've read books. People that have done it. When you climb Everest, people are so determined to get to the top, but the view from the top is a bit shit. It's so it's so high up, you can't really see anything. And those that get the best experience from it, and this is indicative of life, in my opinion. Those that get the best experience from climbing Everest, it's not really a race. It's this it, it doesn't matter what time you get to the destination. I had this thing in my head where I wanted to become world champion for three years after turning pro, which is silly. I mean, ultimately, no one cares about the dates because about like the story and the journey and, and getting there in the end. And it's those ones that enjoy, they walk a little bit, they stop, they look around, they're taking the beautiful view. It's those ones that have the greatest experience. So the reason why I'm saying this little story is because, you know, getting your driving license in the grand back, getting it back in the grand scheme of life is a little thing. But what a massive win that is. I mean... You must feel like you're getting so much of your own, um, like ability, the freedom. You got freedom back. Yeah, you got your so much more independence, independence back. back. Yeah. And wow, that's that's the most honestly, mate. That's a I did a woo when you saw on your Instagram yesterday. 
and I, I, I celebrated. I, I did a woo by myself. I was in the moon by myself, did a woo. And I thought, what a lunatic. <laughs> He's wooing to himself. But I was so happy for you, mate. A little bit of independence back in, and you're, you're getting there. You're getting slowly back to the person that you, you, you were. And I know you felt sad earlier, and for the things going on in your life, and you have every reason to. But if I'll get any advice for you, if I'm a little bit older than you, really celebrate these wins and really hold on to these wins. And I think everyone listening to this at home should hold on to the little wins because the little wins in the five, ten years' time, they're not so little after all, you know? Um, wow, mate. So let's go back to the beginning, the lawnmower incident. How does one get one over by a lawnmower? Good question, Dan. I believe I was being told I was playing outside. Um, I ran pause on the lawnmower, which is being used to cut the grass, and my foot just slipped and I went underneath. And my shoelace got caught in the blade and dragged my foot under. Two and a half years old. Was somebody driving it? Was it one of the. Yeah. Somebody driving it. Goodness. It must be, they, they must have felt terrible also. Um, yeah. What. What was life like for you as a kid with, in your own words, a mangled leg? Like, what was it like being a kid at school? Like, could you play in with a kid? Did you always feel a little bit left out? Like, what was life like having a, having a, a foot so severely damaged? I felt quite secluded and put a lot of pressure on myself, but I definitely tried to find motivation to get back and, my, I just set my own my expectations really high because I could see all the other kids having fun doing the sport they wanted so I just tried to do the same thing basically um, did you feel different to the other kids I know I know you obviously your leg was damaged but did you feel any different so not really to be honest, like, yeah, not really. My parents were just two normal, quote, unquote, normal parents. My dad was a funeral director, and my mum was a private physio. So at least I had the perk of my mum being a physio. Yeah. <laughs> Doing your naughty, she could, uh, you know, maybe dig her thumbs a little bit, a little bit extra hard to make <laughs> I'll teach you for not going to bed on time. <laughs> um, I've listened, I've, again, I've listened, done my research on you, and your parents sound wonderful. What was school like for you? Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy being a kid? Did you were you one of those ones that wanted to do kind of be, be an adult? Like, what was life like? Well, yes, everything. Yes, it was like pretty good, but I don't think I enjoyed it nearly as much as I should have. Well, I think that's what every every adult would say. They didn't enjoy their times or make as much of them as they could have. And like I know, like. As a child, you hear adults say that, who you're like, um, go do one, shush, sharp, whatever. Um, yeah, I couldn't word and will swear so much, like, yeah, there's a fuck off. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, but you're, you're tired of hearing it as a child, but it's like so. So right. Yeah, you get to a point in life and you go, yeah. oh, I mean, they were white, weren't they? <laughs> they, they, they were white after all, yeah. bugger. Um, yeah. So, okay, so sports. So your parents are both very sporty. When when did you think sport was going to be your thing? I've heard you say in the past that, like, you've never 
and I and I and I feel the exact same. There's a lot of similarities between you and I. I have literally never gone to work a day in my life because what I do isn't work. I was a boxer for a long time. Now as a wrestler, I throw big sweaty, big big sweaty men around in in, in tights. So that's not really work, is it? You know. Now I get to talk to people like yourself. Um, that's I mean, it's, it's not work. It's it's fun. It's enjoyable. I've never worked a day in my life. I'm very proud of that. And I've heard you said the same thing. So when was it? Did you thought sport? This is it. This is where I'm going to live. This is this is home for me now. Um, I think in 2014 when I actually moved up to Loughborough. Um, so I lived in Loughborough and I have since yeah, so nine years since 2014, and I moved up here after doing my A levels and I did a part time degree, and I just moved up here because it was basically I saw this. The home of Charlton is where the national government body was based. It's where the BDF officers were. And I was doing Charlton, trying to go to Rio. So I was like, well, I'm going to there. I'm going to where the officers are. Where, like, it's one of the best places to train for sport. I was like, I'm going there. So, yeah, I, I would say it's about 2014 when I actually realized that I could become a sport person. When and when did you know you were good? Right, there's always a moment, isn't there? In any athlete's career, they go, "Oh, okay. and I know mine. I know exactly where my moment was." When did you know you were good and you could actually do this and actually make your make your career and, and win medals and represent your country? That was a fantastic question. I'm not too sure. I think it's more the journey in triathlon. But in cycling, it says when I became world champion. <laughs> That's the funniest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. When did you know you were good at, uh, at cycling? When I became world champion. <laughs> That's fantastic. Wow. Um, so what was it? So what is it about sport? What is it about? Is it, is it the competition that drives you? Is it, do you... I was asked a question when I was a kid. I was I did a I did a assembly and my headmaster, Mr Mr. Beckenham, lovely man, he's not here anymore, unfortunately. Lovely guy. He said to me, Are you scared of losing? Or do you hate losing? Like what is it? Why why do you want to win so much? I thought that was a great question. And I wasn't scared of losing per se. My answer at the time was I just hated it. I just hated losing. Now as I've gone a bit older, I thought maybe I was scared of losing. Maybe I was scared of not feeling important. And I think of what I'd done as a kid, I kind of wrapped all my self-worth in, in boxing. And I was good at it. People liked me. I got my name in the newspaper. And I was Anthony Gogo, the boxer, rather than Anthony Gogo. And boxing is what I did. With yourself, like why what, why triathlon? Why cycling? Why sports where like you've got to cross the finish line first? Like what is it about that that drives you? Um, it's more the... I would say the battle against your own yourself. So in cycling, um, the, my forte was time trial, and you only really find out the results when you get to finish. And the person who started first and finished first could come first, but in finishing order, they'd be on the bottom of the page. So. It's more the battle with yourself or, yeah. You versus you. And I think that's yeah. a great life lesson. And I think <clears throat> probably the first time in this podcast where I kind of relate your story to life because most people aren't going to go to the Paralympics or the Olympics. Most people aren't going to compete against the best in the world. But 
everyone can learn from everyone. Like there's there's always someone's. And I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the name. Oh, should I tell their story? I'm gonna tell it. So when I you know, <laughs> I was probably about a teenager. Oh, I can't. I'm gonna incriminate myself. Basically, there's a bloke in and around my boxing club who was a, a bit of a pain in the ass and a bit of a no. And he like he talks so much nonsense. Every once in a while, he'd say some gold, and you had to kind of like sift through this shit to get the gold. And I could have, I could have switched off from him. And he said a couple of things to me, which was absolutely pure gold, and I hold on to to this day. I could have switched off from him <laughs> when, I, when I was young. I thought he's full of crap. I'm not going to listen to him. But then, no, like I think everyone's got a lesson to teach people if they're willing to listen. Sometimes it's all gold. Sometimes it's all shit. But you'd be a gold here and there. And uh, now I forgot what point I was going to make. Oh yeah. So um, uh, the first like life lesson I, I I've taken. I mean, there's loads of what you've said already. But I think life's all about yourself. When you start, when you start, and, and the great thing about a cycle, uh, the cycling and and boxing. When you start looking left and right, or I used to swim as a kid as well. That's when you kind of start in boxing. When you start not paying attention on the guy's gloves and his eyes. That's when you get hit. And it's the same thing in life. Like when you start comparing or competing with others, that's when things go wrong. It's all about yourself, isn't it? About you versus you. And that's what life's all about. You versus you being better than you were yesterday rather than being better than somebody else. Yeah. And like, that's a similar thing to like, what you said about having a job. Like you never had a job. Like I, I consider myself the same because I love being being an athlete and like that's the only reason why I've never had a job because I love what I do so I do it all with purpose and I just try my best because I just try to keep hold of the thing that I love and like if anyone has a job that I actually really enjoy if they've not got a job if they enjoy like properly and properly it's not a job it's only like a job if you don't enjoy it or like I know that obviously days, especially as an athlete, when you feel proper shit, I know trains don't go well. But there are the days where, like, you got to have the highs to have the lows as well. It was I saw on Instagram the other well, I'm, I was reading about someone going to his therapist, saying like he wants to just sit in the middle, and his therapist was saying to him, right. But you've got to have the highs and lows because it's like a heartbeat. Like, you've got to have the peace to have the troughs. If you're in the middle, you fly alone. You die. So, it's all about the highs and the lows. Man, that's so special. I I, I often... It, man, but I love these conversations. I, I love them because, obviously, again, number two, tingles number two. T- second tingles, then, what you said. And everyone, people, we can say similar things, but in different ways. And what I say to that, 100%, that is flatlining. And you've got flatlining diet 80, but how much of a life have you lived, you know, just doing that? And for me, um, I don't, obviously life is measured in days and weeks and months and years, of course, but really I measure life in those moments, those moments when like, when you're scared and you do it anyway, those moments when you're on the podium, third, second or first, those moments when you lose, just all those moments, right? And as, as a boxer, it's moments when you get hit hard and you have a snap decision in your head, do you take a knee or do you just fight on? You know, or do you, you know, it's, 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 I've done a TV show earlier this year 
and I stood, I stood at the run down a dam, at the run down a dam, and I was like a front abseil, and I was petrified. I was petrified, and I looked out, and I was, it was in New Zealand. I was looking out, and I was just mountains and snow capped snow capped mountains everywhere, and I'm looking, and I was like, God, this is terrifying and cool at the same time, and it's those moments that make life worth living. I think and the opposite. I think I'm wrong. I've, I've had some shit times and similar to yourself, actually. We had a two minute chat before you said press record and I've gone through some stuff similar to you. You've gone through in my personal life and it's those down times that made the good times better. And you're off, you're actually, you need that to get that. And um, I massively agree. Mate, let's talk about, let's talk about Rio on the plane, the youngest Paralympian on the plane going over to, to Rio de Janeiro. Um, massive congratulations. You didn't medal there um what was it like to represent your country and get the the team gb tracksuit um the gb tracksuit was it was just it's pretty cool to us um yeah it, i just saw it as like a life lesson like it was just a test run i didn't expect anything from real it was just like okay this is just some bright time enjoying the fully embrace it just have fun it was so nice to get that opportunity because who the hell else gets to go to a Panabis just as a test run where they know, like, they go come back and be better. But obviously, like, I didn't know that, but I wanted it. And I was, I was like, yeah, just, I just see it's carved down, see the day with, I'm um, just trying to take it as a test run. I was just like, absolutely everything and did anybody teach you that because that's very i mean you're a kid you're a teenager at the time did anybody um or young man did anybody tell you have that mindset or that's something you you had yourself because it's quite a mature perspective to have at quite a young age i think it was my parents my brother and my coach at the time was were all just like just try and enjoy yourself like just really just try and enjoy it because like yeah you're the youngest british triathlete just go and enjoy yourself just have fun because you you might like who knows you might you might get this opportunity again but you also might not and you absolutely hate yourself if you don't enjoy it so do just just go and enjoy it may i um turn pro Mentioned the the enjoy the moments on the way. I turned pro my first fight, two thousand thirteen in Sheffield. I knocked out Kieran Gray in the second round, and I was boxing in New York later. And I was I was boxing in New York three weeks later, and all my friends and family come to visit me and, and to, to watch the fight. And they kind of hired like a, a nightclub, and I was so like driven, so like want to become the best, like want to become world champion so bad. I didn't allow myself to enjoy that night. I went and I, I went begrudgingly, and I was like, I didn't want to be there. The face on me like thunder. It kind of disrespected the people that kind of spend a lot of money to come and watch me perform. I met at the hotel, I had a bit of a row with my, my then girlfriend because I just didn't want to be there. And anyway, long story short, two and a half years later, I had my last pro boxing match. And that first night, that should have been the best night, that should have been the first night on a on a, in a litany of many amazing nights, it was actually the best night I had as a pro, one of my best performance. And I didn't enjoy it. And that's why I said about enjoying the moments along the way because you never know. You never know if you're going to be privileged enough to get these opportunities. And I and I wasn't. And I think that's really another massive life lesson. Enjoy the moments. Even enjoy the hard times. Because, like, 
the hard times, like you said, are a precursor to good times. Enjoy the tough times because one day they're going to be a distant memory and you might feel a bit sad. You might miss them in a, in a, in a strange way. Um, mate, great, great bit of advice to Tokyo, right? You you won, and I saw that, I still find it, I can't really kind of fathom this. You won two medals at the Paralympics in two days in two different sports. I mean, that's a... That's some bloody well. That, that's some good going, right? It could be, could have been. I don't know if there's one day one sport, one little. It's this size quarter is two medals, two sports, two days. All right, three medals, three sports, three days would be even better. <laughs> yes, but yeah, yeah, good. but two medals. Listen, man, not many people have done that. You know, a lot of people. Which one do they both mean the same to you, or does one mean a little bit more? Um, yeah, talk about that and talk what it felt, felt like to kind of have that medal over your neck. And does everyone always say to you, car, it's really heavy, isn't it? <laughs> everyone always says, it's really heavy. Heavy yeah. I thought it was going to be. I always get that one. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was so good. Um, the triathlon one does mean a little bit more, but I mean, because in the category I race in triathlon, I race in the below knee and below elbow and head athletes. So obviously, well, no, obviously, I get a, against a song with a blow elbow impairment. I have a massive advantage on the swim, but then they have a massive advantage on the bike and the run. So, for instance, on the run side of things, my 5k PB is 16.21. Your 5k? Um, yeah. 1621. But, but, Bloody hell, that, yeah. that's shifting, isn't it? Bloody hell. It's, it's not too bad. <laughs> it's not um, too bad at all. <laughs> but then in my the in my category, there's people that can run 13, 14 minutes for 5K. But they but they but don't they have like an an, an arm impairment and their legs are quote unquote okay. I see, I see. So with that one, mate, um is it is it hard? I wanna talk once we've talked about the um, your successes in, in, in your career, being obviously world champion as well, two times, um, I want to talk about unfairness and bitterness and how that's, how you've dealt with that or if you've dealt with that. I want to come on to that in a minute. To, to start with that, when you're competing against people that are and please forgive me if I use the wrong, you know, wrong verbiage. I don't want to like put my foot in it. When people are less disabled than you, or like you're more disabled, then is that hard to deal with? Because I'd like, it's not really fair, is it? When you fight, when you when you're in fight, when when you're competing against people that can do physically can do more than you, be it obviously, no, when you're competing, but not just that, at training every single day. Um. Does seem a little unfair at times. It's like, how the hell are we racing against each other when I run that much slower than you? But then it's like, how can someone be throwing a ball further than I can? It's just because they've trained harder. Like, we're all humans. Like, it's like Usain Bolt, he was always told that he would never be a great sprint was there or never be a great sprinter because he was too tall. tall yeah yeah but i'm talking in, in terms of level playing field like 
you know, understand people are, some people are, as a boxer, some boxers punch hard at other boxers. It's just naturally we're, we're, we're built different. I was, I could punch hard, but I was very fast. I was, my speed is my thing. But we all start from the same position. The finish, the, the star lines are the same. With you, with you and what you do, again, I'm, I may be wrong, but from the outside looking in, the star line looks different. This person, like you said, this person's got, you know, his, his leg is damaged. His leg is more damaged. His arm is damaged. It's like, is, is it, how do you deal with that? Like, the, the, there's not, the parity can be question marked. And also I spoke to a friend of mine, Martin Perry, a, a former guest on my podcast. He said, he blatantly said, that some people just play up their disability and pretend they're more disabled on 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 the, you know, on, on the days where they're, you know, assessed, classification day. They just, they just, they just fake being more disabled, you know, in whatever whatever that means. How do you deal with that? Um, in terms of the comparison, like of me to other athletes, I just say this. Whereas I think it'll be even cooler if I do better. If I beat them, it's going to be like even more worthwhile. Because like I've, I think of myself as having pretty hard upbringing in terms of quote-unquote disability because I still don't cast myself as having a disability to us. Like, there are always far more people. There's always someone far worse off than you. So, yeah. Um, but in triathlon and cycling, the classification, it does come down to raw numbers. So... Like, if that's what the wrong numbers say, then that's just what I say. Just got to get on with it. Yeah. If you want to be the best, yeah. you just got to train hard and get on with it. Yeah. Okay, so, um, George, you've had two massive, massive shit things. And I can't even think of a more articular way because they've been fucking shit, mate. Two really shit things happened to you in your life. So unfair. You seem like such a nice guy. Work hard. Get on with your life. How have you dealt with the unfairness? Well, I just thought to myself, well, no one's going to make it better, so you might as well make it better yourself. Which is like, it's such a cliche or shit or silly thing to say, but no one's going to do it, so you might as well make it better yourself. Yeah. So, um, cliche and simple. But sometimes simple is all it takes. No one's no matter no matter how much you sulk or whinge or complain about it, no one's gonna come and save you. If you want a better life, you gotta make a better life yourself. That's that's really powerful, mate. That's you said so nonchalantly. It's like you said it like it's obvious. And but you but you say that, but like I mean, I I'll be very honest, I struggled, but when I retired from boxing, when I was forced to retire from boxing, I had damage to my left eye, I really struggled. I was so pissed off, I was bitter. I was so pissed off that thing that really got me was people that weren't as good as me. I, I, this is what I would say, and I've had to kind of change now. But what I was saying at the time, back in 2016, 17, 18, 19, 20, people that weren't as good as me were going out there and living out my dreams. World champions, multimillionaires, and that used to really uh, used to break my heart. And people that I've beaten or I'm better than are going to become an 
champions numerous times, winning this, getting that accolade, getting that accolade. I'm like, and these people got hit more than me. That's the thing for me. Like, they'd get hit more than me. I didn't get hit that much in my career. And yeah, I took the the freak the freak punch. I fractured my eye socket in a really, really weird, odd freak punch. And some people have their eyes so bad, big black eyes, that when the swelling goes down, their vision's okay. But mine was damaged and I got misdiagnosed, all this different stuff. And I struggled, mate. And like you said a minute ago, like you said, no one's gonna come and no no one came to save me. No one made it better for me. Nobody kinda then, brah, there's your vision back. But uh, take the punch away. It took me a long time, way longer than I care to admit, before I had to realise, listen, if I want a better life, I've got to make my better life. I've got to create it. How long did it take you to figure that out? Or have you always been of that of that mindset? Um, it's definitely since my second injury, where it's like, felt like it's been more in play. So after like grab with my leg impairment, I was like, yeah, I'm going to make this the best life I can because no, I'm going to do it for you. And now it's like, no, I have to really make the best life I can because no, I'm going to fucking do this shit for you. Um, yeah. No, no. And I'm not going to lie to you, probably medication does help, so... I've struggled with anxiety and depression, and I'm now on medication for that. Um, like, I'm not embarrassed by it, but it does help. But I think that's part of the reason why I was, why I'm such a good athlete, because I'm just so hard on myself all the time. But that's probably one of the massive reasons why I was a world champion in itself, because I'm just trying to be better than myself all the yeah. time. You shouldn't be embarrassed either, mate. I think it takes an unbelievably strong man, strong person, man, woman, whoever, to say, yeah, I struggle. I find things hard and to seek that help. That is that is strength, mate. That's strength right there. So, no, you shouldn't be embarrassed. I'm glad you don't feel embarrassed and you're able to talk about it because, mate, that how you are still here. Don't get me wrong. Another reason why I was really interested in your story as well is my mum suffered brain aneurysm. So brain injury. So uh, I'm sure you spent a long time at Adam Brooks. I know you spent Adam Brooks as well. And the doctors there were amazing. They literally saved her life. I've been in her. I've been in appointments with her since her brain injury, where doctors said it's a miracle you're still alive. And I've seen a lot of doctors. They're scientists. You know, they, they they do science, and they don't like to say like things like miracle. And I've I've been there. And it's it's a miracle because her injury was so bad. She shouldn't have been here. And we've known since, we've known people since that had much less severe brain aneurysms that she's had, and we're gone like that. So I often say to my mum, I wonder why the reason, like, you know, why did she survive? And she's great. And like, don't get me wrong, she's got her stuff, but like, a miracle. How she's able to do, she's got, she's super nan, looks after all the grandkids, like does it. She's, she's amazing, right? And I always say, well, I wonder why she was allowed to live when others don't. And I don't know if it's like a, it's something you've thought about or maybe you're not quite Definitely, there. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like, so what, what do you think the reason is? Like why, why? Because if it was obviously when you suffer something, what you suffered in millimeters to the left, to the right, the millimeter coming down, like so many things should have meant the end there and then on that day. Do you think there's like a deeper meaning why you survived? Were you still kind of on the pursuit to find the reason why you survived? I'm not 
too short, but then a millimetre to the other side, I could have been like absolutely fine and just broken my collarbones. So I guess I could have died, but I could have just broken my shoulder and collarbones. And that'd be, yeah, that'd be it. But again, like it's the highs and the lows that make you the person you are. And that's what, like, it's super shit at times because, like, times can get really tough, like, really fucking tough. But it's just what you do to deal with the times. Yeah. What are those sometimes? I saw you do a, I saw you said, uh, I saw you said in, in, in the podcast, listen to when I was researching, you said, you know, people come and see you. Oh, George, you're doing really great. You're smiling, you're doing this. And, but you'd say there were some dark times, some really, really dark times in hospital. What were some of those dark times? Like, what what does a dark time look like for you? Like, how, like what, and what was it? Um, a lot of them I don't actually fully remember, but I think it was based around the time where I was waking up from the camera because I thought it was all a dream. Like, I literally thought that everything I was in was a dream. Like, to try and prove to myself that I was in a dream, I tried timing a minute. Guess how many seconds I admitted. 60. But guess how many times I timed a minute to see how many seconds there were. Handful, like point five or six times. I timed, literally, I timed a minute. Go one, two, three. Why are there 60 seconds in a minute? Like, what the fucking wrong? Why are I timing a minute? Of course, this is a dream. Like, how the hell could this happen to me? And how could I be like, it must be a dream. But like, that was just on my thousand because. It all just seemed far too bonkers to me. And, and yeah, like, how do you wake up from, like, if you have a bad dream or a nightmare, how do you wake up from the dream? Generally, like, a question, how do you wake up from the dream? Um, get woken up by somebody? Or you die. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you go, you know, yeah, that, yeah, of course. Do you feel like, do you feel like you're living in a nightmare now? Or do you feel like this, do you, do you still feel like you're in the nightmare? Sometimes when I get into a paranormal cycles of pickle, um, I do sometimes, yeah, feel like I'm in a nightmare because I'm just being like, no, nah, this isn't real. That's must be a dream because it just feels a bit too absurd and a bit too, like a book or such, like, how the hell could I be doing this? Or how the hell could I have almost died by making this sort of recovery? There's no way, no way to hell this is real. Um, and that's yeah, where I get like really messed up and again to rock people. Um, but yeah, sorry, what was the question? <laughs> because, I mean, I've, I've forgotten. I'm so transfixed on your, on, on your words. What are the biggest differences? Watch two questions. What's your memory like? How much can you remember now? And how much can you remember before? And um, what is the biggest difference from, from George, uh, you know, October, September of last year to George now? Um, my memory is improving, but for instance, I couldn't remember the question we were just being about. But mate, but then... I'll do that, honestly. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I do that. I forget things. Well. Mate, I often... on. And, the listeners who listen to this regularly can can testify. I'll ask people a question. My brain, which is riddled by ADHD, I'll go off on a tangent. I'll come back and I'll forget the question I asked. 
don't feel feel too sad about that mate honestly we're probably in the same place and i haven't got a big i haven't had a big accident to to put mine down to um at least i've got a perfect excuse for but i'm moving (laughs) at least you've got an excuse i've got no excuse what um do you remember we did last week do you remember if there was do you remember we had for breakfast this morning like what kind of things would you forget or do you remember like the you you were as a kid or do you just kind of remember from what things people things have said um, I basically see, I basically see my memory is pretty much the same as before, but memory is a really interesting thing because there's a podcast recently, I think it was on Diary of a CEO and it was with someone else talking about memory. Um, and my mate said that to me and they just showed that there's stories out there that I think show that, um, Trying to test yourself and test your memory actually is showing to improve your memory. So I'm just trying to test myself all the time by saying, "Oh no, what did I have for breakfast? What did I have for dinner?" Mm-hmm. And then just like testing myself. Yeah, yeah, I I do that a little bit actually. Who sings that song? Rather than googling it or getting Shazam out, I don't want to think who sings that song. Who is it? Who is it? Never get it right, but like, I don't give up straight away. Yeah, it's all about just testing yourself and the game is just you versus you. You versus you. Being better than you were the day before, the week before, the month before. Um, biggest differences between pre, pre, pre-crash pre George and, and, and George today that I'm talking to? I'm no longer current world champion. Mm. Interesting. You go straight to the sport. You go straight to the sport. Not yet, uh, anyway. Very true. Not yet. Um, I've I've so much knowledge and understanding now about neuroscience because it's honestly bonkers. My mind has been blown far too many times. Like I go and spend most Mondays or every like a few weeks every so often up in my Hampson and their physios and stuff there I've just literally blown my mind I've got a little section about right them I, mean, I want to talk about them in, in a moment actually we'll, we'll, we'll segue into it right now actually but before we do I want to if the interesting thing is when I asked you what's the difference you said one thing a, bit, a very athlete thing to say I'm not Welsh champion anymore I couldn't defend my title and the second thing is like you actually it was, it was a good thing you know more about the brain now than you were before it wasn't like oh I missed out I missed out like you you actually you're talking about the good things. I thought you were going to say, oh, I can't do this now or I miss doing that. But no, no, it's actually, it's, it's a positive thing. Yeah. Well, obviously, like, at the moment I can drive because I, I did my assessment yesterday. So I can't say I can't drive anymore. Um, but yeah, I'm not, I can't run sitting 21 for 5K at the moment. At the moment? At the, moment. the moment. But mate, like yeah. you say there, but look, we've seen, oh, well, I've seen a video. I hope people on here come and follow you on Instagram and we'll do the plugs at the end and I can see your journey because I've seen the videos, mate, where you can barely, well, you're in a coma for, for seven weeks, lost all that muscle mass, your body was messed up, you got the mangled leg from the accident as a kid and us, I've seen you walking down the corridor of, of the hospital with the porters and the nurses holding you up to doing it by yourself. That's growth. That's, that's, mate, you can't run that time just yet, but goodness me, mate, don't forget how far you've come. Yeah. I lost like 20 kilos of muscle mass. Oh, what did you weigh before? Um, I weighed, I think it was 
77, 78 kilos, uh, but my body, my, my muscle mass was far, like, my body fat percentage was scarily low. Like, I'm talking, like, single figures low. Like, less than 9, 8% low. And I went down to, I think, a hostel. I'm my lowest, I was, I was well under 60 kilos. Okay. I was 57, 58 kilos. How tall are you? Six foot three. Goodness, big lad. Goodness of me, yeah. I, I thought that, because... You just never know how tall somebody is from pictures and stuff, and but you seem tall and got the long legs and the long range. Um, man, let's talk about so you went to the rehab. Um, you would that you I forgot the name now, it's the, the Matt Hampson Center, yes. And that, and he was a center, he was a rugby player and he went he went paralyzed in, in a scrum as a young man, yeah. Yeah, he was an England under 23 and a England, England, a Lions, Lions yeah. playing, mm. yeah, and uh, used to play for Leicester Tigers as well, and yeah, he was a hooker and a scrum collapse, and he just broke his neck. Like I what, nine hundred kilos on someone's neck. I get a freak accident, but yeah, and he created this center. Um, people like yourself go and again, mate, the the. The, the what they've done with you and all these different people that have kind of come through the doors and it's called the, the Get Busy Living isn't it? The Get Busy Living Centre which I love one of my favourite quotes from Shawshank Redemption and why is it called that? Um, Because they want you that they'll position you in is you get busy living so you get too busy to attend by living so the, the ideal position is yeah you can't go to a physio session or a gym session because you're busy. You're busy living your life. life stuff, yeah. Wow. Big, 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 big congrats to them and, and thank you to them because they have done, obviously, you know, they, they do a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful job, the physios and the, the team there. Um, oh, they're incredible, yeah. But what is this point in your life now? What yeah. is success to you? Success, I guess, is just kind of being happy and just enjoying life. Which sounds so cliche and so simple, but it is because just enjoy the moments. Again, like just enjoy the little moments. Yeah. What would it take for you to enjoy? Because I was saying that all of last year, I, said, I just want to be happy. I just want to be happy. Going through my own nonsense, going through my own shit. I was saying I just want to be happy. But I didn't know what happy was, and it sounds really silly. And somebody said it to me. My 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 friend said to me, "So what's happy to you? What does it mean being happy?" I didn't, and I didn't know. And I was like. She said, well, how can you be happy if you don't know what happiness is? I thought, oh, God, you're right. And that's a really silly thing. A really so obvious thing. So, but I just, I, I get missing it. So what is happiness? So how how does George Pesgan now become happy? Again, that is a brilliant question. I would say just by trying to be better do better, mm-hmm. try and pass on life lessons to other people, just try and share your journey. Like, if I can help anyone with my journey, improve their life, or teach them something that they understand and learn, that is a massive fucking win for me. Like, I've made it in life if I can, like, inspire someone to do something or make someone make a good decision in their life. 
is, yeah, just like passing on the good joy of like it's life. I think from this podcast alone, you've done that in abundance. You have so many lessons to give, such a wealth of knowledge to give it from, such an authority, position of authority as well, a, a numerous time world champion, a, a Paralympic medalist. Um, <clears throat> and you're still, Thank you very much. You're, no, you know, and I mean, and you're still a young man, you still have a lot of life left to live. And that's the exciting thing. That's the really exciting thing. And I know you're still quite. I mean, it's a year one from a, a life-changing event, a year one, that's still so new. My eye, my punch in my eye, like that was uh, that was life-changing for me. I had to uh, take a very different turn to where I thought I was going. Um, if I have any if I have any advice, um, and it took me a long time to get, it took me a long time to get to where you are, you know, a long time. And that was, when I was what, 2016, we'll see now, like almost eight years ago. Um it's just you you can't compare. Like the, the 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 famous quote, comparison is the thief of joy, and it really is. You can't compare yourself to other people. Like I was comparing myself to this boxer and that boxer and why they got it and I haven't got it. And the only person who's getting pissed off is me. You know, like the people I was comparing it against, they they didn't know I was comparing. Like they they weren't losing, I was losing, I was getting angry and getting stressed out. <clears throat> you can't compare yourself to anybody. Well, you can't even compare yourself to a life that you thought you were going to have. That's the big thing. Oh, I struggled. I have to stop comparing to other people. I was thinking, oh, my life now is not as good as what I should have had. I haven't got as much money in the bank as I should have had. Well, ultimately, it's, that's life. And like you said earlier, no one's gonna, no matter how much I sulk and complain, no one's going to come and save me. If I want more money in my bank account, I can't. no one's going to come and put it in there. I've got to go and do stuff to get it. I've got to live the life and create the life that I want to have. And I said I was going to give you some advice. Ultimately, I'm just repeating the words back to you <laughs> that you said to me. And I think, uh, mate, you're you're an incredible, incredible human being. Um, you've had already lived a, a, a still rich life. You've got so much life left to live. And well, I just think whatever you do moving forwards, if you go back into sport, which I've heard you say you want to do, if you do that, mate. There's no doubt, but you're going to be successful because that's what you do. And that's who you are. If you do something else, you'll be successful because that's, that's what you do and that's who you are. So, May, I'm just, just honestly, I'm so, so, so happy you, you gave up the last hour or so talking to me. Um, and again, kind of selfishly, I did this podcast for me, really, to, to, to help my healing. And talking to you has helped my healing as I, I thought it would. Um, with that being said, mate, um, is there anything else you want to say and, and where can the listeners, uh, follow you and find you? Um, they can follow me and find me on social media and Instagram. I try and be as blunt and honest about my story as possible and show others from shit days because like it's so freaking annoying when someone says, oh, you're an athlete, you must have such a perfect life. Like, no, sometimes being an athlete is so shit. Um, and I just try and be honest and open and just show everyone sometimes that I can just be sh I just crap. Um, yeah, um, I want to. And I think that's really I, important, man. And not just, yeah. not just that being, being an injured athlete, there's seldom been worse places than, than being inside my head, inside the head of an injured athlete. It's horrible. You can't do what you'd have to do. You wanted the best in the world at it and you can't do it. It's a horrible place to be. 
So I got, and again, all the all the more power to you for doing that, like showing the showing both sides of the coin. And on on the gram, it's all happiness and this and power. It's like that's not life. Like, that's not life. People do have shit times, and it's okay to admit you're having a tough time. It's okay to admit you're on antidepressants. It's okay to admit you're seeing a therapist. It's not about where you're going. It's about the journey. And as long as we all get there in the end, like, you know, who really cares of the vehicle, how we got there? Um, and what's, and, 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 and what's next to you? Is it to get back on the bike and get back in the, in the water and on the, on, on the road running? Or is it something else? Do, do, have you thought about that yet? Like the future, what the future holds and where you're going to be this time next year? This time next year, I wouldn't love to be back in sport. Obviously, being an athlete, like, that's my goal. Um, my goal was to try and be back on the bike this year. And I was back riding a bike outside um, before the anniversary of the crash. And that was such a big thing for me. Like, You did it? I cried, yeah. I must have cried about well, five or six times. It was crying with well, joy or with sadness and like, I was a mess. Emotions. Yeah. The cold emotions. emotions. Yeah. Um, and and that's the, th that's the thing, like, so in a year, like a year, I mean, a year is, as we get older, a year goes in a blink of an eye, you know, it goes so, so fast. And I think this time, like this time last year, you were in a coma. This time you were, you were in a coma and, and the chance of you surviving was, was, was a 10%. And then one year later, you're back. So, yeah, this time last year I was, I think I was technically out the coma. And I had Ten days moved out the coma. been, no, I was technically out the coma. And I had moved down to Homerton in London. So I've been transferred down to London to a rehab hospital down there. And yeah, I was technically on the mend. <laughs> so this time, so this time last year, you were fresh out of a coma trying to count the seconds in a minute. <laughs> That's what you were. And then, and then one year later, one year, and then within one year, you've gone, you've learned to walk again, learn to talk again, learn to write again. And you've got your driving license back and you're driving a car and you're back on a bike. Mate, that's huge. That's huge in just one year. So just think of where you're going to be in one year's time with that same mentality and that same drive. Then think five years time. Then think 10 years time. Then think 25 years time where you're going to be with that same drive and passion. Wow, mate, it's, it's exciting. It's, it's really, really, really exciting. Yeah, thank you. Because I, I, I give myself goosebumps because I'm like, Holy shit! Look what I can I can achieve. Because, yeah, like anything's possible. Because, why not? Why not? Wow, that's. I think that is the most perfect place to end this podcast. Anything is possible. Because shrug your shoulders. Why not? <laughs> wow, um, George, thank you so much, sir, for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Can I make a deal with you? Of course, yeah. So about 12 months time, how about we jump back on the podcast, do a, do a George P's Good Part 2 and see where you are and how you've been getting on. And I urge everybody on here to, to, to follow George and follow his unbelievable story. And to just, we haven't really spoken too much about how bad things were. but And I saw you did an Instagram post saying, Instagram won't let me post the pictures of me like 
after the crash because they're that sickening. They're that that you know that horrifying. So um, yeah, but there are some things on 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 the ground to kind of build a a bigger picture. Uh, mate, you're a true, true, true inspiration, an absolute miracle, man. So inspiring, so powerful. I know you're going through a tough time, but I wish you could, when you look in the mirror, I wish you could see what I see that I'm looking at right now, looking at the screen. And I wish you could see the person that your family and your friends see, because that person, mate, that person's a true inspiration. So, um, yeah, never forget Thank that. Thank you mate, very okay? much. Yeah. And yes, I will be on in 12 months time. And I'll also be on where I get that Paralympic gold medal in whatever sport it is. Whatever sport it is. Get in there! That's a, that's a bet. That's a deal. Don't go all big time on me. Don't go all hard oh, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. Don't go big time. <laughs> that's a deal. Wow, mate. Hey, you've, you've said it here I'll buy you a pint in the pub if I get a Paralympic medal Whoa. again. Lovely, mate. I'm no, coming for that. Not if, okay. when. When I get a Paralympic medal again. When? It's happening. Like it's happening at some point. That's the again, third time I've got tingles. Why not? Because why not? The third yeah. thing, right, mate. With that being said, we're going to leave it there. Thank you so much, mate. And um, I cannot wait to see you back on the podcast in 12 months to see how far you've got. Thank you for watching. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey, everyone, I hope you all enjoyed that one. That was a deep conversation, and we spoke off air for about 20 minutes after that that podcast. I learned more about George. As you can hear, he is still very much in the midst of his adversity. He's a young man that's done so much in his life, and he has so much life left to live. And, you know, we, we, went, we, we talked about it like, why is he still with us when many others that suffered an injury aren't with us? Like, how come he was able to make it out of the coma and 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 yeah, and, and still be here to tell his story with many people that you know they nine out of ten people don't wake up from the coma when they're in it as long as he was, and he's still finding the reason why he survived. He's still very much in his in the pain, as I'm sure you you, you heard and took away from. But don't bet against this young man with such determination and drive. And George, listening to this, mate, I wanted to thank you again, Percy, from the bottom of my heart. We've been texting now for a number of weeks since we recorded a podcast, and you are a, a wonderful guy, mate. And, I'm, and, I, and I said on the podcast, I hope, I hope one day soon, when you look in the mirror, you see what I see, and I th- and, and and you. Realize how special you are, mate. You really are a, a, a walking, talking inspiration. And yeah, you're, you're a wonderful guy. So thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And I will not bet, I will never bet against you. When you say you're going to do something, you best believe it's going to happen because you are, you are that guy. So that being said, the Getting Back Up podcast rolls on again next week to another brand new episode. Listen, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen at home listening to this right now. In life, bad things happen. George got run over by a lawnmower as a two and a half year old baby. He he, he came off his bike just a hundred meters away from the the training finish line. Like shit things happen. 
and they're going to happen. You are going to get knocked down in life. But when you get knocked down, take heed of, of, of George Peasgood and all the other amazing guests, boys and girls, men and women I've had on this podcast and always get back up. Always get back up. Even if you cannot see the finish line, you can see the next step. You haven't got to see the whole staircase. You just have to see that next step. Keep taking that next step. Always get back up. You are stronger than you realize. And I will see you again next week. Take care.